Welcome back to Batman University. It's me, Tony Sindelar. Uh, things are slightly more formal this week because it's final exam week here at Batman University. And just like at every university, when final exam week rolls around, suddenly you've got a full classroom full of people. People who have maybe you haven't seen in the first semester. Maybe people who've never shown up across the threshold at Batman University before. But they're here for final exam week. So we actually have a group, a panel. Four people are joining me to talk about the animated movie from 1993, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. I will introduce them in alphabetical order, because that's how we do things when we're reading roll. Uh, first, alphabetically, unless I'm doing it wrong, is David J. Lore. Will one of you tell me where does he get these wonderful toys? Wrong movie. Damn. Uh, second, alphabetically, he's probably surprised to be this high up in the alphabet. It's Dan Morin. Hey, uh, I was told I could get extra credit for TAing this class. So is that what's happening? Well, you know, you are uh, technically you're a returning scholar. This is your second appearance this season on Batman Woo-hoo! University. So uh, you get some extra credit for that. Graduate level work. Finally, we, we need to see how you do on the exam before you uh, we can offer any TA positions. And it's strictly it's unpaid. Uh, Damn it. And, and there is a little TNA in this movie. So, you know, it's fitting. Well, David, David, no. David, no. <laughs> And uh, my partner in crime from the Flash Flashcast, a first appearance at Batman University, uh, the incomparable resident troll and rabble rouser, it's Philip Moselak. Hi, Mose. Alfred! Alfred, put away my exploding balls. (laughs) I knew it. Hi. Oh, guys, hey, how you doing? And uh, (laughs) the internet's favorite Canadian, not me, (laughs) Tiff Sutter. (laughs) I don't get, I mean, how could the Joker just cheat on Harley like that with that robot hussy? <laughs> it's, they have, I mean, do you really want to spend, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to spend 45 minutes dissecting the, the Joker-Charlie, uh, Joker-Harley relationship, but. I mean, uh, I've got headcanon. Yeah. We could do that. Um, so, uh, we watched, in preparation for this, Mask of the Phantasm, which is the first of several uh, Batman animated series movies. Uh, this came out back in 1993 in the middle of the Batman animated series. And this one actually uh, appeared in theaters. Um, I will, without being very specific, I was very young when this movie came out. I am not sure if I saw it in theaters or if I saw it at home in close proximity to when it came out. I am curious... Uh, when did other people see this? And the, the, the I, a fair answer is I saw it this week because you told me to watch it, Tony. Dan, <laughs> how, Dan, how about you? Uh, I actually did see this in the theaters. Uh, I have a recollection of going to watch it um, and making my parents take me to see it because I loved the Batman animated series. I want to say I'm thinking back, just trying to remember. Did it come out like near Christmas or something? I feel yep. like it was a winter movie. It came out uh, on Christmas Day. Yeah, okay, there you go. So I remember going to see it around Christmas. I would have been 13, I guess, so I would have been like right prime in the in the Batman wheelhouse. I remembered very little of it, but I did remember a few things, including sort of the setting of the climactic battle, and I did remember, if not the exact identity of the villain, I, I knew by process of elimination once <laughs> starting the movie who it was. <laughs> David, how about you? I wanted to see it in the theater, and it didn't show up at any of the theaters near me. And by the time I was able to get to it, uh, it had already vanished. So I had to wait until the original home video release. But 
I bought it on the spot and brought it home, and uh, I I greatly enjoyed it. I wore the VHS out because it was still VHS, and because um, uh, I was in my mid twenties and could drive a car, and um, fancy. Oh, I know, man. I know, <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, and and it's one. Uh, my parents didn't always watch Batman stuff with me. I mean, they enjoyed it. My mother was a big fan going way back. Uh, but my dad had not really been, you know, he 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 had a vague awareness of it, and he 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 had seen the the Tim Burton one, and thought it was kind of silly. But he was intrigued by this because we saw some of the animated series together, and and I have to say, I'm I'm kind of amazed. This is the only animated film that ever gave him nightmares. <laughs> wow! It was like right. two solid weeks after we had watched it. Uh, he just he was having nightmares about the phantasm and nightmares about the Joker and then the end end setting and uh, yeah it was kind of amazing mm-hmm. cool they should put that on the box gave David's dad nightmares <laughs> show it to your kids uh, Chip, Chip how about you I am also a member of Team Mold and I did see this in the theaters if not on Christmas Day pretty soon after because like Dan said it, it's it, like David said it disappeared pretty quickly i don't think it was in the theaters for very long uh my wikipedia level research that i did before this uh showed that it basically it did not clear its budget in its theater run i think it did okay in uh home video sales after that and has well i'm I'm sure if moises was here he would be telling us all about how and i also read the wikipedia article (laughs) it was not originally going to get a theatrical release and did it the last minute yeah. yeah, which is probably yeah. fr- from a marketing point of view, not not how you're supposed to do it is at the last minute decide to put something in theaters. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was the 90s. It was, you know, it was a carefree time. We just we just <laughs> threw things into theaters and figured it would work itself out. Right. Um, I mean, Batman, there there hadn't been horrible Batman movies yet. Right. It was just like kids love Batman. Just put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, Mose, how about you? You are you are new to Batman University. Uh, I, I don't know what your familiarity with with the uh, Batman animated series is at all. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I made you watch some episodes of Justice League last summer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, first of all, it blows me away that this was uh, a theatrical release. I watched it today on the bus as I was coming home. Um, which as, is as the director intended. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And. Well, you say theatrical release, and I'm looking. It's four by three. It wasn't even letterboxed, so yep. that proves the point a little further that it was really made for TV first. Um, but uh, I, you know, I've always been attracted to the visual style of the animated series. I think it's very simple, but very raw, and and gives a lot of nicety. It's not, um, how should I say? It, you know, it's not the typical. Uh, super powered stuff and you know it's very stylistic and very honed into what it looks like and subsequent things that I've seen and I obviously I've not taken all the preparatory classes but the the <laughs> primer that I did take um, seemed to follow suit I mean I've always been a fan of 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 the uh, of the style of, of the animated series mm-hmm. And you know we should probably mention you know this there, there were there were a lot of '90s Batman movies right uh, some of them better than others uh, I have seen all of them in recent uh, in, in in recent history for various podcast purposes and uh, this one ranks pretty highly as far as I'm concerned I am you know mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy goes a long way uh, in terms yeah. of my, my feelings about B- Batman so perhaps I could never 
be a particularly impartial judge with regard to the live action Batmans, but um, this one I like a lot. Um, I, I've recently also seen all the different animated movies, and I actually I think I might like some of them better than this one, though this one I think is the most highly regarded of them. I'm, I'm interested if other people have seen other uh, of the animated Batman. Chip, I think you mentioned that you may have seen seen some of them. Um, I have seen I, I over over the years I have seen all of them, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I used to think that this was the best of them all. Um, but uh, I, I I I've since then uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker has kind of supplanted it for me, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of storytelling. This this is this is a really good movie, and it's or at least really good story, and it holds up against your Burtons and your Schumachers, you know, extraordinarily well. And you're, you're right there. The one true Batman is Kevin Conroy. Uh, but like, like Mo says, I think that I think, and the, the Blu-ray uh, version of this has just been released, but I watched this digital download. I did not recall that it was four three in the theaters. I think it's been, uh, I think it was cropped for home video. So what I was watching felt much more like an episode of Batman the Animated Series than a movie. The animation style is primitive compared to modern uh, and even movie animation of the time. This is when um this is when Disney was going nuts with uh, your little mermaids and your beauties and the beast and all that stuff. This is this is a great Batman story. But as a movie, it doesn't hold up as well as I remembered it. They did try some CG up at the front, which was kind of a nice little telltale. Yeah, of the unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, very, very dated CG. Uh, where it's yeah. we can do we can do ge- simple geometry, so we have the the opening uh, kind of fly through of of Gotham landscape. Uh, and it's kind of clumsily done. There's places where things even kind of pop in, like like they had the camera moving through a model and things like that. But I mean, it it is of the time, right? Yeah. So it's it's early '90s CG that probably was somewhat rushed and probably probably still cost them a lot of money, even though it doesn't look very impressive today, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it, the quality is very much on par with the show, and I love the designs um, and the aesthetic of it uh, because it's so rooted in that world. It's not the technically most proficient animation, as everybody has noted. Um, definitely later stuff, I think, looks a lot better just from the virtue of improved animation techniques or technology behind it. Um, but as a movie, as a story, it's remarkably well done. And I think it accomplishes something that very few other Batman movies do, which is it really feels like a movie about Bruce Wayne and it feels like a yes. movie about Bruce Wayne that's not about I mean it's not that it isn't about his parents getting murdered but it's not rooted in his childhood right like this is a much later development of the Batman um sort of ethos uh in terms of like his his choice about doing this and it, it's a rare blip in that and I really I really enjoyed the story of this cuz I had forgotten or at least at least as a kid, I doubt I was paying as much attention to sort of the the thematic elements of it. But I think it's a really well executed story. It's also, I think none of us mentioned, uh, it's a very short, 
Yeah. It's an it's an hour 10 or so, mm-hmm. um, which is short even for a feature-length movie. Uh, so that's interesting, too, because it's basically like, you know, this could have been a a three-parter, essentially, in on the yeah, animated series. But they series. spent a lot of time on, even though as short as it is, like, I think almost almost like the first third is all building blocks yes, yes. of the entire story. Yes. And then it, and then it breaks mm-hmm. loose. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, also, and, it, it does a couple other interesting things that I enjoyed, one of which is despite the fact that the Joker appears in this movie, uh, it's not pretty much at all about him, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... He doesn't appear as the typical villain, as you might expect from a headlining Batman movie. He's just kind of an agent of chaos thrown in to throw a few wrenches. Although there are some issues with the continuity and questions, I think, about some of the plot points for me. But it 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 goes in an entirely different direction. I remember being, I don't want to say dissatisfied as a kid, but I remember how much I was like, oh, there's, you know, the main, the main antagonist and villain is not an existing comic character. It's an original comic character. It is based on, to a certain extent, uh, the I think the Batman Year Two story. Yeah, there's a character uh, called the Reaper that it's, it's right. clearly inspired by, but it, it but is new. very yeah. different. And and this is you know so there's not you don't have that instant recognition right today. If you made a Batman movie with an entirely original villain, people would be like you know or, that would be risky, right? Yeah, like, it Hollywood would be, wouldn't do that. It would be a strange choice given that I mean. To a certain extent, some of the most interesting part of Batman stories are his villains, <laughs> um, right. which is, you know, it, I mean, uh, I, I was going to say something critical about some of the Batman movies and how they kind of mangle some of the villains. But, you know, the movies that really do that, they've got a lot of other problems, too. So it's yeah. not like if they had done a faithful adaptation of uh, of Mr. Freeze, that would have saved that movie. Um, they, they had to yeah, make a lot I mean, of other choices. I- I'm not used to watching a superhero movie or a superhero cartoon even uh, these days that is as down to earth as this one is. Your right. your your villains mm-hmm. are gangsters. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's not even a hint of a clay face. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. There 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 there's a crazy there's a crazy clown. There is an armored woman, um, and there are. 30s gangster types yeah. and it's, and there's it's no just, yeah there's no gotham is going to be blown up or right you know gotham is not in danger right it's a right. small scale it, story which is in some ways strange for a movie you'd think that for for a movie format they would they would up the stakes and it would be somebody is going to blow up gotham or yeah. throw, well, and, Go- and, throw and, gotham into the sun or, or whatnot it, that it would be some you know four super super villains have teamed up together to to really really endanger gotham and it's it does not cho- make that choice at all. That that that's one of the beauties of this film for me mm-hmm. is that you know I mean I a couple of years ago Damon Lindelof gave an interview that pissed me off because basically he said nowadays you can only ever have the world in jeopardy and then it's going to be the universe in jeopardy and that's the only thing we can do anymore and and I said no no uh, because those are empty and you know it's not going to happen uh, you need small scale stuff it's got a feel to those characters that their world is going to end and that that's drama but to just be like oh the world is going to blow up if we don't save the world well you're going to save the world go away um and and that's that's one of the reasons i love the story um again i'm with all of you on the animation it's okay it's it's in line with the series 
It's, well, it's, it's got a real street level feel. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe, yeah. you know, like what, you know, in the timeline of this movie, are we talking Batman's been around for maybe five years, six years, maybe? Well, that's, or that's what I'm thinking is that it's, it is actually earlier in Batman's life, even though we get flashbacks to his uh, he, beginning. Wikipedia suggests the flashbacks are 10 years prior to mm-hmm. the main action. So he's probably been around for close to 10 years because we see early you know year one batman as it were yeah right so Which, i mean that that might explain why harley quinn is nowhere to be found yeah i mean she could just uh, be in arkham yeah. this week right yeah well, she'll be out next too. week they well, don't it's worry a, it's but, a little but, too much about it right but the the other thing that i love is that uh for all the times we've seen batman's origin uh you know it is always oh the waynes get shot the pearls fly he's staring at them it's in the alley by the theater or the uh um, the opera house or whatever. And this actually, you know, I mean, no, and those follow the original, original comic book. Fine. Um, it's always been a little bit silly. It's always been a promise that only a little boy would make, you know, I will avenge your death by fighting evil. Uh, this is much more dramaturgically sound. This is a human being who is making this choice. And maybe he's not a completely sane human being. That's okay. He's talking to his parents at their grave. <laughs> But uh, it it's much more rooted in human behavior and well, and, and just the relationship that he builds with Andrea throughout is is so much more interesting than any other romantic relationship I've seen Batman in. Mm-hmm. At the uh, same time that he is building a relationship with Andrea, he is still working on the bat plan. Right. He's he's right. he's scoping out real estate underground. He's uh you know, he's uh looking he's looking at cars, you know. He he's, he's checking out he, the cave. Well, he's he's fundamentally he's fundamentally divided, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. the most interesting thing about this story as a Bruce Wayne story is we see Bruce Wayne kind of wanting to escape and almost very nearly getting out yeah. of his promise mm-hmm. and it and it makes sense, right? Like, you could see how that story would go, how he would feel guilty for reneging on his promise. But, you know, Alfred would be like, oh, your parents want you to be happy. You should you should have a life uh, outside of this. And you could see how in a, in a different reality that would have faded away and he would have had a more normal life. But yeah. it all goes horribly wrong. But I love that scene in the graveyard where he wants to be released from his promise. Uh, because it, it truly has some pathos behind it. And it's mm-hmm. not, again, it's not something we've ever really seen, I feel like, from Bruce Wayne in, in most uh, portrayals of that character is wanting to get out. There is a, there's yeah, a, that conflict. there's a thread about that in the Val Kilmer Batman, Batman Forever, which is, but it's totally mangled and kind of like lost. Oh, and like that is yeah. why Batman Forever is called Batman Forever, is that like, in the mess that is Batman Forever, like he <laughs> he like stops being Batman for about ten minutes, and then like he's Batman again because and he will be Batman forever. Uh, but it's so mangled and bad, and just and like it and it, and it came out after this, and it and it it has the things where like he's looking at the photo of of, of his parents, and like you know he see a he sees a rose drop, and he thinks about the you know the rose dropping on their grave, and and it's like it's got so many of the ingredients of this, 
but it it's so broken. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, this is, I think, one of the things that this movie does that's interesting is that Batman the Animated Series does not have an origin story, right? In the first episodes, Batman is already Batman. Uh, I guess right. it's unclear if everybody in the city is aware of him, but, like, he's working with Commissioner Gordon. Like, people know who he is. Like, he is, you know, he is established. Uh, maybe he's an urban legend. Although he's uh, still, he's still got an un, un, an unsavory relationship with a lot of the police, which is yes. reflected in this movie as well. Yes. That's, that's another great element of this is that it turns out when the police are like, chips are down, we really have to do something about Batman. They almost get him. They get yeah. really close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does the, like, we are going to tell the origin story, but we are going to add this element to it that has not been there before and is going to, and, and have this new story connected to it that I think is pretty clever. Um, and you know, it, I mean, I, to me, one of the big scenes is like seeing, uh, Batman on his, you know, he's not even Batman yet, but Bruce Wayne on his first vigilante, uh, night excursion. Um, they weren't scared of me, Alfred. He did have his ninja stars. Well, he's not even using the real Batman voice. That's my favorite bit. I, I mean, I've said yeah. this before on the Batman University podcast. I think I really love Kevin Conroy's modulation as Bruce Wayne. And yes. you see it briefly here in his uh, when he's at that cocktail party towards the beginning. And I think that's more or less sounds like Kevin Conroy's like, you know, actual voice probably. Yeah. Uh, but I like it because it's still, it's recognizably the same person, but it's also, if you met that guy and started talking to him, you would never think this is Batman, right? Like it's, well, it's and, so and distinct. If, if you listen carefully, cause, and, and this is something I focus on just, you know, from doing radio, from doing, uh, from having kids obsessed with voice actors um, and trying to explain to them the importance of line readings. Um, if you listen very carefully, he modulates through all the different relationships, right? The, the cocktail party is one type of Bruce, the, you know, talking with Andrea and especially as their relationship deepens, his voice shifts, you know, it's like, it's very clear that, you know, he is totally in love with her. Uh, his, his voice shifts again when he meets her father, because, you know, you have to be on your best behavior a little bit. And, and it, it's kind of somewhere in between those it's, it, and it's just fascinating to listen to him in this i mean i mean he is my batman michael keaton is my favorite live action but if i only had one batman it's it's kevin good choice i will say (laughs) i will say the funny thing for me was coming in watching um dana delaney as andrea yes that is because she plays lois lane in the superman series so it was very like ah (laughs) because yeah because of this and i mean i've loved dana delaney since the first time i saw her in something and so, you know, it's like, hey, of course, of course, Bruce would fall in love with someone who sounds like that. <laughs> I just it saw her in a, sense. I saw her live action in a play here in Boston about six months ago. Night of the Iguana? Yes. Very good. I wish I'd seen that. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into it. Let's, let's go through the plot. Uh, listeners, if you haven't already watched uh, Mask of the Phantasm, you should. Uh, there's, there are several kind of Batman mythology reveals in the in the movie that will be ruined for you if you listen to us uh before you go and uh go and watch it so this is a good place to stop and go and watch it you can get it on amazon you can wait and get the uh the blu-ray which actually should probably be out by the time this podcast is out celebrating a movie that came out 24 years ago uh so uh let's let's jump in we we already kind of talked about the cgi opening so i don't know if we need to say anything else about our our swooping panoramas of gotham and the uh, the action kind of picks up in a with a dramatic fight scene 
where there are some mob type characters having a discussion about laundering money at a casino and Batman basically just busts in and starts throwing punches. And this is a cool action scene. It's um, there are several things in this movie that I, I think basically because it was a movie and not the cartoon show, they could kind of crank up the violence. Oh yeah. Um, is there, I was going to ask, like I noted there's way more blood. I, wait, felt like. I think there's almost no blood depicted in the, in, in in the, the TV episodes. Series, yeah. And there's even, yeah. according to what I read, which, you know, I never really thought about it. Like the physicality of people like getting punched in the face and yeah, like showing yeah. someone the hits. loses a tooth yeah. later. Yeah, the they Joker. tended to a lot in the TV show. Uh, they tended to have flashes of white yes. Uh, yes. before a yeah. fist connects. Yes. That still happens sometimes in this movie, but it's more for only tr- when he gets hit. Yeah, it's only when Batman gets hit that that interesting. That's mm, it's like we're seeing from his point of view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've got, you know, I mean, this is just a great kind of establishing if, if somebody wasn't familiar with the Batman animated series, Batman in his, you know, pretty great form where he's, he's doing ninja moves and he's throwing, uh, batarangs and he's disarming people with guns and he's using furniture in the room against people. Uh, and he's taking out, uh, you know, a a group that is much, that that far outnumbers him and and is armed, uh, relatively handily. Uh, but one of the mafia type mobsters uh gets away and manages to kind of like <laughs> the construction of this casino is a little strange where it's like a casino tower and there's like a parking lot tower like next to it connected by a, a skinny bridge with uh no handrails but you gotta hand- park your uh you gotta yeah. park your car somewhere when you're going to the casino right and and handrails would like totally ruin the gotham aesthetic right so you know right you know, he goes in solo can never go to gotham yeah so he's he's in the uh the spooky uh relatively abandoned uh parking lot when our villain uh appears. Villain? Yeah, our villain, our mysterious yeah. villain appears. And and think about this. The the stunt that's played out here is predates uh Fast and the Furious and whatnot where you have a car jumping from building to building. <laughs> that's I, true. I did think of that exact scene from Fast and the Furious because though that that car is a lot more successful at that also. Um, <laughs> but that is an iconic scene. Something I do like about the presentation of the villain is that everybody and as a plot point which we'll get to in a second, everybody mistakes the phantasm for Batman. <laughs> and <clears throat> But it's not in like a dumb way necessarily because they only ever see the shadows and they see like the the cloak or whatever. And they're like, it's Batman. And like if you saw them close enough up as the Joker does later, you're like, you realize, no, it's clearly not Batman. But from a distance, everyone thinks Batman. And it's like makes perfect sense. Why? Because you're in a city with a, with a guy running around in a cape all the time. Of course you would assume that at the site, the scene of one of these disasters, if there's a guy in a cape, it's probably Batman. Mm-hmm. There, there are two things that I really liked about this setup is one – is Batman kind of gets accused of being an overboard vigilante and doing something over like over what what the citizens expect and you know they see him up there oh it's Batman and then the one thing that i think kind of gets lost in many Batman films he actually does some detective work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes and while as I'll be honest, how as hokey as it kind of is, it's nice to have just that that semblance of, you know, this guy's supposed to be like the world's yes. greatest detective. And that is and I feel like that for me, the three pillars of Batman are gadgets, ninja powers, 
and detective work. And I feel like the detective work is the one that gets forgotten in, in the most adaptations of Batman, yep. which I think is sad. Um, yes. Yeah. Totally and agree. this one is a little light on that compared to other Batman stories, but it's at least present. That's I think what's brought me into this movie a little bit more than most is like when I when I see things that I understand, I understand detective stories. So give me some of that. You don't have to over the top me with um, muscles and punching. Give me some brains. The appearance of this new villain who we haven't seen before is pretty striking. Uh, the movie is called Mask of the Phantasm. Nobody ever actually calls the villain the Phantasm yeah. in this movie, yep. and there's never, nor is there ever any discussion of masks. Um, but it's a it's a good title for a movie, and I'm going to refer to the villain as the Phantasm uh, because of that. Uh, but you know this this kind of strange, specter like uh, armored figure with like a, a blade arm, and they always seem to appear in kind of a cloud of fog, and even have some abilities that seem basically kind of borderline supernatural in terms of, you know, people shoot at them and they don't seem to be shot and, and things pass through them occasionally. Um, though it seems like based on what we see later in the movie, it's not supernatural. It's just, you know, never also never explained, yeah. which is yes, a little weak at a couple points when it's like, all right, I get the mm-hmm. smoke stuff, but the disappearing and teleporting, I don't know. Yeah. Sure. She's just that good. Yeah, I guess she's just that good. It turns out there's like like there's a lot of people with ninja powers walking around Gotham Metropolis, right? <laughs> well, I mean, like, crime is up. Yeah, and so <laughs> self defense classes, Dan, they're important. Um, they also, you know, enable you to be an, an incredibly powerful mercenary for hire. So it's the best investment you can make is in um, is in yourself, class. Tony. Yeah, is in yourself, yourself specifically uh, a blade arm and a fog machine. So um, yeah. Everybody run out today. I'll allow yeah. it. I'm, I'm making a list. I'm just saying. Do we need to say anything else about this confrontation between gangster and phantasm? Uh, spoiler, things don't go great for the gangster. Nope. Well, and did many people die during the animated series? I don't remember that many actual deaths. I there are deaths in this movie. They, you know, the standards go up and down a little bit in terms of what they were even allowed to get away with. But usually, no. There's a lot more people right. are like beat up and tied up or... People get knocked in, you know, knocked off a bridge and they're in, into, you know, the river and whatnot. So right. it is. And it's oblique in this. It's, yeah. it's not graphic at all, but it is there. And, yes. and it's plainly there's there's no other. Oh, he's just injured in the hospital. No, they're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next day, I guess there is a press conference uh, again. You know, some of the things that uh, I think. I did not particularly like about this movie were the things that reminded me about other Batman movies that I do not like. (laughs) Um, So uh, Batman Returns has about eight press conferences in it. uh, So I did not like that there was a press conference in this movie right away, but it is a common narrative technique in, uh, in superhero things is that there's a press conference and we basically, basically kind of a a Harvey Dent stand in, Um, you know, uh, Arthur Reeves is the, councilman which is you know an, a, a vague governmental position okay okay but he is voiced by hart bachner yeah who most famously played uh ellis in die hard oh okay oh for real which so again he's that guy yeah so you can you picture him going bruce bubby i'm your white knight i can get him for you that's why i don't trust him Dan. well exactly that's why he's there as you shouldn't. Yeah, he's yeah. sleazy. Yeah. And he's on a uh, clean-up-the-streets anti-vigilante political campaign, 
Oh, uh, it's a good campaign in Gotham City. Yeah, I feel like not. Uh, it, this is also, uh, I think, like the one scene that Commissioner Gordon is in, and then he's not yes. present for the he's rest like, of the movie. I'm angry about you checking down Batman. Now I will go on vacation. So yeah. angry. I'm not. He's, in he's got movie. one more scene. Yeah, but yeah, um, which is a repeat of the same message. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. 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 How does Commissioner Gordon just? Well, I'm not doing this. Like, isn't he kind of like a commissioner? Isn't it kind of like the the stomping order? Like, here you're going to go get him, and he's like, no. There's not even so, a like you're temporarily relieved from duty or anything. Yeah, he just he just, right. he just storms off. out. There is a lot of storming out in this movie. I need a gif of uh, Batman <laughs> jumping into the Batmobile and telling Alfred, "Well, you're wrong," and then driving away because yeah, that, that was, was my the, favorite. Scene. That was the Lego Batman moment. It re- well, reminded me a little bit of the episode of uh, Superman that Tony and I watched where Batman <laughs> shoots his grappling hook onto a plane yes. and just like in a middle of a conversation with Superman, it's like, I'm bored. And then he shoots a grappling hook yeah. onto his plane <laughs> and flies away. <laughs> this uh, this press conference scene is not the first uh, parallel to like Batman, the, the, the Michael Keaton first Batman movie. There's, there, there's a lot of stuff here in this movie that makes me think that they were literally trying to parallel uh the the first Burton movie in some ways and it kind of makes me a little angry a little later on in the when we get through the plot but Mm -hmm. but yeah this is very there weren't a whole lot of press conferences in BTAS no uh which I think or usually if there were one uh they got attacked (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was they were usually more of a an action vehicle. There would be a a, a press conference, and then somebody would uh, uh, there'd be a bomb or or you know there'd be assassins or something horrible would happen. Um, so not just not where yeah the the action is not just press conference. Yes. So uh, there is a brief kind of interlude scene where uh, the councilman who we have just met is uh, talking to someone on the phone who is uh, on a plane also or about to get on a plane. Uh, establishing that there are more characters we haven't met yet. I had a question about that. Just yes. the timing. <laughs> the phantasm. I mean, are we? Are we? Can we spoil yeah, something spo- here? Yeah, I have, have a continuity. I thought question. I already did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Chip already spoiled it. Um. So if the if Andrea is the phantasm, how is she on a plane after the phantasm has already appeared in Gotham? She teleported with smoke. It seemed like deliberate misdirection. Yes, it seems like deliberate misdirection. Yeah. But so. it, it a little bit of a cheat. Later on, Bruce has a throwaway line that's like, "You showed up early to kill the guy." I was like, "But wait, does that just mean that we saw that scene out of order or something?" Because that seems sloppy. But yeah, it's like it's a little weird. There, there are a few sloppy things in here. As much as I love the story, there are a couple sloppy things. Yes, that yeah. is one of them. The continuity of yeah. that timeline there. Yeah, I, I, is it is it a mistake or is it a sloppy re, like misdirection? I, I think I it's know. a cheat to try and do misdirection. And yeah, you yeah. could have done better. Yeah, yes, maybe, and maybe they felt they didn't have enough time to do it better. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and and I know they broke it up into who wrote what segment, and mm-hmm. you know, and it could just be. It, I think some of the problems are just it didn't get pieced together totally. Yeah, I, I mean, it could have also been if they'd done those scenes in the reverse order with her showing up and then the phantasm showing up, I think, too, right, like the misdirection part, right? Like everybody would have been like, oh, it's that person. <laughs> right. Two people arrive in town at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you have to assume that it's it's the, the Alder Queen You have problem. to assume it's Stacey Keach. Yeah. And right. they spend so much of the time kind of hiding what happened to him. Right. And he does he does the voice of the phantasm. 
Right. So um, that's that's where you're you're so, look over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally smoke and mirrors. So in the next scene, we've got Bruce. It seems to be Bruce Wayne is hosting some kind of fancy party. And I don't know if there's really any point to the scene other than that he is going to leave the party and look at uh, a painting of his parents. And that will trigger the first of a series of lengthy flashbacks. Well, we, we also establish his somewhat uh, tenuous romantic yes. entanglements. Which I guess is where, an important theme for the, yes, for the rest of because the Because all the ladies are after him, but he's not, he's not the marrying kind. Mm-mm. He gets the wine in the face because he... And 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 uh, and then uh, Hart Bachner's uh, dude comes up and says, "Boy, it's like you choose these yes, girls because exactly. they won't get close to you." So uh, I think he's possibly implying something else about uh, Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. right? And and the fact that he then drops at like the oh, except for that one girl, what was her name? When he clearly yeah. knows what her name is because he's been talking to her on the phone already. <laughs> Yep. Uh, he he goes he goes into his nice little thinking room, which is all gloopy. <laughs> um, and I was it, I didn't yeah it just it seemed weird that he was having this party because I'm unclear how I'm unclear how many parties he has. Also, if it's his party, why did he invite that jerk? So like, don't invite the guy who's in charge of the anti vigilante. He's a councilman. You gotta keep up. He's, you gotta keep up appearances. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see his, I didn't see that being his place until, until it has the, that scene when he's yeah he's looking at his maybe parents it's just like, a neighbor oh, who I, has that who has that painting up for when Bruce Wayne visits. So. <laughs> point right. point of order point of order. Yes, uh, Professor Sindelar, when yeah. the hell did Wayne Manor get on a seaside? Uh, I think it's particular. I don't know. I guess it's on a cliff. Uh, and I I mean I think there's usually some kind of body of water below the cliff i usually think of it more as a river and it definitely did seem a little bit more like a seaside here uh than than others but the geography of uh of of gotham is like there is no there's no rhyme or reason to it it is different in pretty much every interpretation and it is not consistent even in a single interpretation i was just waiting for the chiron at the bottom malibu (laughs) (laughs) stately wayne manor west it's usually usually it is not depicted as being any. It's depicted as being on the east coast, maybe on the Great Lakes. So the west coast would be a bold new vision for, for reinterpreting Gotham, but yeah. I don't think that's what we've got here. It's you know these these animators on the west coast they don't they don't know what anything looks like. I mean um, Wayne Wayne Manor could be out in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. So he's in his thinking room. He's looking at at the painting. <laughs> And he basically thinks back to his uh, first vigilante night out, uh, which did not go so great. Um, there's a Harvey Bullock cameo in here as the like cop that gets run off the road. Yep. And he also includes it. To me, it's like, wow, this is a long flashback, Bruce, that you have in here. Because it's not just <laughs> your first night out. It's also the start of his relationship with the aforementioned uh, Andrea Beaumont. Um who will be important in this movie. That's why she's yeah. in this flashback. Well, and I'm just so happy. I mean, yes, once again, looking at his parents causes a flashback, but thank God it's a different flashback for yes. once. Oh my God. That no popcorn, no pearls, no dance with the devil in the band. Well, where does hmm? she fall in continuity? Is she a real person inside the the batman universe Andrew uh, Beaumont? I, I, she's totally in this movie as far she's as in this movie. invented so. for this yep yep okay. but i'm so glad they did yeah and i mean i think in the continuity of the batman animated universe 
he's had a lot of love interests. Like it's more than I think it's probably six or seven. Uh, but she's kind of I think the first one chronologically at least. Um, which and you know I kind of get the sense that probably so so Batman or he's not even Batman yet. Bruce Wayne is on his Batman mission, and pro- my, in my head canon, he has probably recently returned from you know traveling overseas, getting martial arts training, mm-hmm. and is, and is kind of trying to like reestablish himself here in, in, in Gotham is, is yeah. kind of my, my head cannon that I'm projecting onto this. There's a mention by Andrea in that first scene in the graveyard that she's seen him on campus. Yes. Which suggests that he is of college age. Mm-hmm. 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 So perhaps he has returned and is going to school. I, I never saw Bruce Wayne really as the uh, completing his formal education kind of guy, but <laughs> but maybe it just seems like not would, enough classes in vigilanteism. Yeah, maybe Gotham he's Union. auditing some things, right? Probably, yeah. you know, he. I mean, he he's got he's auditing the jujitsu, or maybe he's just donating money. He might need he he probably would benefit from some criminology classes and some uh, mm-hmm. you know CSI yeah. science related topics would probably help him out. I don't know how much of that you can teach yourself, so. Uh, but I, I don't see him completing a formal degree program. So, <laughs> right now, uh, Frank Miller's uh, Batman Year One. He mm-hmm. he did the he did the dressing up in a suit in in, in, in a in. There's you know, a very similar. Stuff, this, you know, the, he he yeah. did he, he did that. So this stuff is coming from that. But um, I love watching it in this movie because uh, Batman Bruce is still very new at this. But as he tells Alfred later on, you know, he had he had the edge. He had it. He was he was doing good. He was um, he he had rough, rough bits here and there. But he is very clearly the same guy, the same his his he's got throwing stars instead of batarangs, but he's capable. Mm -hmm. And this movie does such a good job of. Showing his capacity and how it's just not enough because he needs the mystique yeah i mean and i feel like other stories i guess maybe just in part for condensed for time totally skip over that right where it's not that he goes out and tries to fight crime and discovers that he needs to be more than just a powerful martial artist he needs to be a symbol other movies seem to skip to like he's just really into the idea of dressing up as a bat (laughs) which you know Slightly different interpretation of his mental state, right? <laughs> like, like how much is this? How much is this about vengeance? And how much is this about like your interesting costuming? Um, so, yeah, I think he looks fabulous. <laughs> there is some, there is some question in here too as to his sanity, right? Like, there are a couple quips <laughs> oh, yes. about that, especially from Alfred, which is you know a valid, valid criticism. I mean, I, I, I do enjoy when he does finally put on the cowl. And Alfred reacts. He he kind of rears back. Um, My not, God. Not like, you know, hey, this is awesome. You're going to do this thing. But, you know, oh. And then, of course, as his career develops as Batman, Alfred sees that, okay, you're, you're, you have a line. You're not crossing that line. And so near the end when he says, you know, you, you could have fallen into the dark side, but you didn't. And, and you know the difference between good and evil. And and it's it's sort of it's it's this very subtle, almost non-existent arc for Alfred, but it's it's lovely. It is it's just a, it a is. nice little grace note. Yeah, I'm, I'll save my quibbles with that uh, that aspect of the plot for when we get to it. But um, I mm. I do like how in this in the early going, you know, this is kind of nuts. And the genius of <laughs> yeah. it is that Bruce 
is aware that this is <laughs> what's the phrase intensely problematic yes <laughs> that's my favorite bit from this entire thing is uh in that scene that we talked about which we haven't quite gotten to yet which is the graveside scene where he tries to get out of his promise and he's like i could give more money to the police department and everyone's like yes Yes, you are rich. Please (laughs) use some of these resources to help Gotham City already. Do it. Or you could just build one fancy car. Or dress up like a bat. It's cool. Whatever. Roughly the same. Well, now, in this flashback, um, let me just make sure. This is the aftermath of that cuts into um, Judo Bruce Wayne when, when Andy comes and visits him. Correct? Uh, I'm trying to remember if that is. I in think so. Thing. Yeah, because yes. it's so, it's the aftermath. Yes, it's yeah, right uh, after. Uh, that that's also my note about that says Bruce is a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> well, because and and I was gonna say there's there is sort of that laying of groundwork that they are kind of equals in that uh, you know he's like hey jujitsu awesome right and she trips him up and and she's like yeah I just learned it at the school for girls. Um, yeah, and there's the fastest. Let's get down to rolling in the grass with Alfred bringing out the juice. Hey, hey, and hey that we get it's, it's, it's turning it. right around. Sixty-eight <laughs> minutes worth of movie here. I mean, you know, uh, seventy-six, whatever. It, things got to happen. Things got to happen. Sure. Hey, yeah. hey. I, I I didn't say it was a problem. I'm just saying there it is. I mean, it was it was pretty pretty uh pretty fast. He's yeah. got things to do. He's a busy man. <laughs> I was going to say that he has they're their idle rich. They have nothing better to do. So um, they don't have day jobs to rush <laughs> off to. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, and she sounds like Dana Delaney. <laughs> so we return to the uh, the present day and it's time for the Phantasm to uh, to, to kill again. Uh, this time it's a second gangster who has shown up at a spooky cemetery late at night to to pay his respects and leaves his his goons by the the car and does a lot of talking to a grave um and then the, the phantasm shows up and chases him throughout the graveyard uh and ultimately kills him by knocking a large statue onto him uh which you know he's already in in a plot so that's that's a time saver right um <laughs> see Always look on the bright side of life. Economy. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Economy. And uh, Batman shows up the next day to uh, basically investigate what's going on. And we have this kind of, again, things have to move quickly. Uh, Basically, he he sees Andrea at her her mother's grave. And because he, I guess, Andrea in this moment, because Batman pops out from behind the Wayne family, uh, uh, gravestone and then runs away i guess in this moment she concludes who who, uh batman's identity is so well she also knows he knows jujitsu and that he had like she i think she puts the pieces together but i do want to remark there's no there's no conversation about it no no, you're absolutely right there's no like i had a vision of what what her saying or her saying something out loud it's like nope that's just it they don't even talk about it later nope. on when he shows up. He's just like, nope, I know who you are. Not even going to say, oh, it's you, Bruce. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention there's a scene, I think, right before this with the another gangster who is reading the paper. Yes. And, yes. and about yes. and my favorite bit about that is there's a picture about there's a picture of Batman in the paper, but it's like. It's like his publicity. It's like his headshot. <laughs> like he's got the he's got the cape <laughs> up and everything. And I'm just not how it looks like he's posing for it. It's hilarious. Also, 
there is a a, be, a brief dumb attempt to trap Batman by putting a bunch of cops around the bat signal and yes. like turning it on. Like, yep, this will totally work. <laughs> well, that's that was the councilman's idea, and of course, Batman was listening to when he was giving the idea. So it's like, well, of course he's not going to show up. Also, with Har- you got Harvey Bullock there, and it's hard to tell. It's always hard to tell. Their relationship is very fraught. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they are on good terms ever. So uh, may, maybe there's occasionally some cooling. They're like grudging, grudging. I think a, occasional grudging. Like I think, but I think it's usually far worse than grudging. So, yeah. and you get the feeling that like probably after this, this is you know again this is Batman early days. Maybe uh, after this, the the bat signal is going to have a key that only only Commissioner Gordon's going to get right. So it's not just anybody who has access to the police roof can walk up there and f- throw the switch because uh, you know a cat a cat gets on the roof and yeah. brushes against the switch and he's like damn cat well that that cat has a name david her name is catwoman uh, so, yeah does anyone ever get this feeling like i mean again i'm not really familiar with harvey bullet but as soon as i saw him in this all i can think of is if if you could take tony and make him an animated character it would be uh bullet don't don't think that was a compliment oh wow <laughs> Oh, no. slide over here. <laughs> no, I don't think that. I mean, I, I did, it's not insulting, not uh, trolling. It just it, Harvey Bullock is not. A, 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 I mean, he is a disgusting slob and a okay, sexist. Now, wait a minute. All right. See, I don't know any of that. Bad at, I bad I at his work and that. corrupt. Uh, Harvey Bullock is basically the cartoon caricature of the worst police officer ever. Um, so, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So that wasn't a compliment. <laughs> not so much. But on. <laughs> Tony just reminded me of you. I I'm just, sorry. No, I can't I can't control your feelings. I can only control how I react to them. Tony is always trying to catch Batman though, so it makes I sense. I do I like donuts, it. so I mean I can't I can't deny that. Um so yeah. Um but Harry Bullock is not such a great guy. Uh I will point out for fans of Harry Bullock, the uh bullet for Bullock episode. Bullock. Uh, Bullet, bullet. Oh, yeah. that's hard to say. Um, hard to that's say. a great episode that is the Harvey Bullock-centered episode uh, where someone tries to kill him and he, spoilers, he doesn't die. So My but. canonical Harvey Bullock is Donald Logue from Gotham because mm-hmm. I really love Donald Logue. Yeah, we know that, Dan. So ev- everybody knows about you knows and that. Donald Logue. Um, yeah, it's true. So he's also great in the, uh, the classic uh, point of view episode um, where... Basically, there's three cops getting interrogated about a Batman incident, and the like. His his version of events is like the most like he talks up himself, and then the animated sequence shows him like like I was on time. And the animated sequence would be like him like being late and like tripping on a paint can or something like that. You know? right. So great episode. Right. Uh, but that's an aside, as we do here at Batman University, because I know too much about lots of Batman <laughs> side characters. So. Uh, what else do we need to say about the Phantasm second second victim? You know, they, I, they it does seem like they want to have a certain number of fight scenes and action sequences here, but um, you know, I, I think definitely the the Phantasm is pretty atmospheric and creepy, and it is well, it's, and it's unclear what's going on. Just just for the sake of the story, they're eventually setting up. Uh, they have to have a couple of deaths. There, there's a larger thing going on here. Yeah, and they do a great job of, uh, because they're still trying to get this in theaters at a PG rating and Mm -hmm. all this other stuff, you know, uh, the reactions, the most grisly thing that happens is a Joker kill later on, 
um, everything that the Phantasm does is off screen and people are reacting to it. Uh-huh. Yep. So uh, we jump back to uh, present day and uh, Andrea Beaumont is, it looks like kind of on a, a date slash at least a dinner with uh, Councilman Reeves and he's, he's uh, expressing interest in her. And we kind of learn that, you know, he's kind of a family friend. He worked for her father and Batman is kind of creepily watching the date on, on binoculars. Super creepily. As as Batman does. <laughs> and, you know, it feels like we've only had a couple minutes of present day, but it's time for another flashback. Uh, and this seems to be basically the flashback to uh, Bruce Wayne and Andrea's uh, relationship uh, evolving. And they, it, we see, I guess, the, them going on a date to uh, a World's Fair future world kind yeah. of place. Uh, which, which looks a hell of a lot like Metropolis coming up in Superman the Animated yes. Series. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of Batman Beyond in there too, but but yeah, definitely a little bit of, mixed with a little bit of Epcot Center. Yeah. So would this have been the world without Batman? Uh, yes, it's all Batman's ooh. fault. Yes. That's what I, that's all I was trying to get to. That's I like all it. I'm trying I to like get it. To. That's solid. I think that there's 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 got to be a Batman what if comic that explores how is technology different without Bruce Wayne. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So they go on their date, and um, I believe on returning from their date, we learn that uh, or or Andrea uh, Bruce meets Andrea's father. Right. Um, I'm maybe mixing up the exact order of scenes here, uh, but I believe they go to the her, her father's office. And it established that her father is some kind of financial consultant, and some of his clients are super jerky-looking mob guys. <laughs> yeah, if Abe Vigoda is your client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may be in the wrong Go- line of work. So, going going back to his Tessio voice as opposed to his Detective Fish. Mm-hmm. I, I like ruthless Abe Vigoda. Uh, th- this scene then felt the, the kind of chain of events here is a little awkward. So. They go on a date, and then he meets the father, and then they are walking somewhere near the father's office and come across a motorcycle gang harassing one guy, uh, which <laughs> he has a table in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, he had box. it coming. He really had it <laughs> right. coming. Yeah, th- I mean, this seems like we need a scene here, so this is going to be as kind of efficiently as we think we can get away with it. But and the the motorcycle hoodlums. Um, are kind of cartoonishly outlaw looking, um, but basically well, she she needs to see him fighting. Yes. She needs to see his devotion to justice, fighting crime, and he has to go. Oh, I can't do this if I have a girlfriend. Yes. So so it serves a purpose. It's a little clumsy, but yeah. it's a little clumsy. I mean, why is he just sort of standing there? gobsmacked while the guy's pulling up with the billy club. Yes, that was a bit much. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like if there was some uh, actual threat to his girlfriend that he would be like, oh, I'm distracted, like, I'm trying to think about, but it's just like, oh, yeah, she's here. And then I had the brief thought, like, maybe he's trying to underplay his hand. He's like, oh, I can't be too awesome in front of her. She'll figure out that I'm this, like, I'm 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 a vigilante or something. I thought but that too, but I feel unclear. like there's not a line of not quite flying rodent that kind of just that doesn't line up. With it that doesn't quite where play. he basically says he's he can't be distracted. Um, also, she's yeah. she's uh she's trained. She should be helping out. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. it's also like that was in broad daylight. Maybe you could find a police officer, uh, or slash like you know just have that guy 
like i mean was that guy actually was that guy going to be killed or was he just going to have his cash box stolen which i believe gets stolen anyway because and and really at that point uh, all we know is that yes she's got some training but it turns out all that training is just in jujitsu to mm-hmm. flirt with rich guys that's all it's a very specific set of skills yes um, yes rich guy do <laughs> It's not it, 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 sometimes this is not a good look for Bruce because he he he's he's got this he's almost got this girl going to girl's going to hold me back kind of thing. Yes. going on throughout this whole this whole thing, you know. Um yeah, she's girls just keep him from being Batman. That's that's not awesome. No. Uh, and you know, like Batman, you you got your own problems. <laughs> like, don't 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 try don't make don't try and blame other people. <laughs> it's not a girl thing. Let let's let's get this totally clear. It's a relationship thing. And the more relationships you have, that you know, he knows as a vigilante that the people and you know, and this is like indicative of all Batman stuff is that you know the people that you hold close can be hurt because people are going after you. I mean, it's right. like a balance of just of normal life. Right. It's it's not like the girl saying you can't be Batman. Right. That would be a no. bad look. But it's it's him saying I have to protect the people I love by pushing them away from me. Right. Also, I'm going to be working exclusively nights. So, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, does make no, it. There's no I'll, date nights yeah. for Batman. Yeah. The work life balance is a real problem for, <laughs> for the costume vigilante. <laughs> when does he sleep? During the day. Well, anyway. Yeah, um, he's a he's a layabed. Yeah, no one is no one's no one's <laughs> like clocking him in at, at Wayne Enterprises. Like I think he shows up one afternoon a week, and that's it. He just tells them he's he's working at the other site every day. Um, so, yeah, hey, when you run the company, you do whatever you want. So uh, we've had that that flashback is over. <laughs> so, and we go back to uh, present day where there's a very quick scene that basically establishes that the councilman is connected to these shadowy mob guys because we have uh, Councilman Reeves meeting with the uh, elderly ailing in health uh, mafioso who I think... Sal Valestra, who sounds like a bad fat uh, replacement. Yep. Drug of some sort, yeah. Yep. Try Sal Valestra. Have you had high blood pressure? And given Chips that we... made with Sal Valestra <laughs> may cause... Nope. Explosive diarrhea. Nope, nope. The chips are always good. Chip is always good. Um, if if this uh, condition persists for more than four hours, please see your nutritionist. So it's time for another flashback. Um, this time, thank God, it's Bruce proposing, and what romantic proposal is complete without a clap of bats? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happened for me. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about you guys. Symbolism, guys. Uh, literally, literally, a cloud of bats flies between you. Um, the bats are it's, angry. It's, it's bats holding him back from being being married. That's yeah, what it is. Um, exactly. They, they want theirs, and they were going to make him float, but it just it wasn't it wasn't ready yet. And, and he had to be wait till he saw them, and he had flashbacks to the Scooby Doo introduction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we the the flashback continues with uh, taking Andrea home, where her father is having a late night meeting with some shady mob people. Including, I believe this is the first appearance of a mob enforcer hanging outside her house with a very distinctive nose who kind of leers 
uh, I, leers at her. Uh, yeah. My comment was catcalling and littering. This guy's definitely ending up in a life of crime, yeah. which was more right than I remembered because I forgot that twist. <laughs> twist. I definitely remember that twist from from being a kid. Um, so uh, we established that that character, and you know, I think they we'll we'll get into the specifics of that later, but they do a decent job at not totally giving it away uh, right away. Um, but then basically Batman, or I keep saying Batman, Bruce Wayne receives like a Dear John letter from, um, from Andrea where she says, sorry, uh, I can't marry you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Europe. Uh, I'm too young. Uh, nice try anyway. Yeah. He's out. I mean, it it seems like he was still hedging his bets a little bit because he was scoping out the Batcave. Mm-hmm. Well, he again, he doesn't have a day job. So, what are you going to do while you're waiting to yeah. get back? Um and and that flashback ends perfectly with him, you know, putting on the cowl and yep. fading off into fading off into the darkness. You don't need to see his first uh fight scene as Batman. We know this stuff. Yeah. There are many episodes you can go and consult for that. Um So then, and you know, uh we we go back to our ailing uh gangster who has gone to visit the world's fair site from uh bruce and andrea's uh date but it is not doing so great it's very decrepit and abandoned and uh the joker lives there which is sure. the exact 50 percent mark of the movie that that's a long way yes. to wait before introducing the joker who uh really kind of steals a lot of scenes uh you know mark hamill is you know, almost always amazing as the Joker and is in kind of top form here. And it, it turns out that the Joker uh, has some past history with uh, the, the Gotham Mafia. So. I have two notes here. One is in a scene, I think, just before this, Batman breaks into, gosh, where does he go? He finds a, he finds a photo on a wall yes. of all the mobsters together. Which ends up being relevant. Yes. But my note was he takes the entire frame photo off <laughs> and just tucks, put it tucks into his cape. In his cape. Yeah. Not awkward at all. No. <laughs> He's got a lot of pouches on that utility belt, Dan. One of them it's is for large stolen frame photos. So. I, I thought he was it's just nice frame. tucking it under his arm, you know. <laughs> I, some, uh, and exercise. along those, uh, also when Valestra shows up to meet with the Joker, I laughed at the Joker's Mi Casa Nostra es su Casa yes. joke because yes. I'm easy. Yeah. Oh, great lines, great line delivery by Hamill. It's fantastic. Now, I Joker just comes in to play uh, to to be the heavy, and we accept it because it's the Joker and it's Mark Mm -hmm. Hamill and all this stuff. But um, he he does just sort of come out of nowhere, and it 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 feels like a (laughs) it feels like a totally (laughs) weird second second story or something like that it doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel like the same movie anymore do you think that there was something in the writer's room that said wait a minute this movie as is is not gonna fly if we don't have the joker in it it does kind of feel like that (laughs) originally they weren't going to do the joker but then they realized they could do a story with him that was unlike a normal joker story which is very interesting i do like that the joker isn't the villain that he is he is an agent of chaos. He's there to throw a wrench in the works, and he becomes sort of a target later on, but he's not the yeah. bad guy. And there's even kind of, there's a little bit of oh. a Joker origin story tucked into this, yes. right? In yes. that we've got the Batman and 
the the joke. I right? I can't hold and, it back, Tony. This is the, the the one thing that really really bugs me about Mask of the Phantasm, and mm-hmm. this is the yes. other piece of Let's do hey, it. we need to reflect uh, the 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 first Burton movie thing mm-hmm. is we never got any kind of an origin for the Joker in BTAS. Um, I don't think we, they they didn't do it. Did they do the Red Hood? I thought they did the Red Hood. Maybe in that was, um, that was it, a not a. TAS No, movie. that's that's something else. Um, yeah, that was just a DC yeah universe yeah. movie. Oh, I, so, I thought there was a flashback in one of the animated series TV shows with also the Red Hood. I don't maybe think I'm so. Misremembering. I, I think that's something else. Dan, I think that might have been one of the video games. Even is that the Under the Red Hood thing, or one of the no. video games? There's an extensive uh, Red Hood flashback. Gotcha. When I'm seeing this, I did not want the notion of the Joker having been Jack Napier to even be tangentially related to my perfect DC animated universe. It does Hmm. kind of go at odds with a lot. Like, I mean, the idea that the Joker's origin is totally mixed up and the, the only person who really knows it is the Joker who is an incredibly unreliable narrator. And then this, like this, like, Nope, we're going to nail it down. He was this mob enforcer and this was his past and he was a hitman. Uh, so yeah, it does. I'm. I mean, I guess I'm okay with it because it doesn't totally fill in like what happened to him that became the Joker, and there's still some. It doesn't connect all the dots, but it's kind of not very interesting, right? Like, I, I, yeah. in my head canon, it's just part of one of many things he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see him as kind of like an evil Jack Reacher, mm-hmm. right? It's it's he can be whatever he needed to be in the past. It does um, also kind it, of fill in because there's always kind of the question of like, how is the Joker evenly matched with Batman at, at a physical level? Uh, right. And I guess if you're a mob hitman, maybe that explains it. But but to a certain extent, I also I don't care. Like I'm willing to accept that they they're evenly matched because he's he's you know he's he's his arch enemy and their fights are going to be epic and and over the top. Um, I think the uh, the other element of this is it's. It's kind of unnecessary. There's nothing. It doesn't really add anything other than yes, it gives us a little hook into Batman figuring out like, oh, they're connected. I should go hunt down the Joker, but he could have just hunted down the other guy. I don't know. It's it's not essential that we have the Joker's backstory that could have been accomplished through other means. And I agree that it takes some of the mystery out of it, though. There's also you could just sort of like. You could just sort of wave it off as there are many possible Joker origin stories. Maybe this is one. Maybe it isn't. I didn't really, like, kind of need the Joker in this at all. But I was kind of glad that they did some sort of story bridging um, with, you know, who is this one other guy in the picture? And, you you know, you kind of figure it out. And obviously through the magic of... uh, red pencil he puts the lips on him i I mean it was cool but i i i was kind of more into this story that i've been watching for you know half of the movie already i wasn't expecting nor really ready to have the joker i I had no idea he was even in it well and part of the beauty of the plot is that you know here's the here is his greatest enemy right his his ultimate nemesis and in the end he kind of has to try and save the Joker's life, right? Yeah, that's the point at the end. Except that he doesn't yeah, because well, he's, but, he's he's well, hanging on. The, that's, he's, 
Oh, we're getting there. That's something that pisses me off about the end. Yep, but we'll agreed. get there. We'll get there. All right, let's uh, let's pick up the pace on on jumping through the plot. Uh, stop me if there's particular parts you want to 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 touch on. Um, but yeah, so we we've 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 met the 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 Joker has been both the Joker has been introduced and the person that will become the Joker have have uh, been introduced. Um, so let's see. Uh, the phantasm goes after our, our mob boss, but it turns out you can't kill a mob boss that's already been poisoned by the Joker. And the Joker has this ridiculous little contraption where he's got like a camera and a, you know, uh, and an audio system on the corpse to keep track of who's come for him. And I guess this is where the Joker finds out that it's not Batman killing mob bosses. It's the phantasm. And then, you know, has to deliver a small speech before blowing up a building that yeah. fails to, to catch the phantasm. Um, quality jump scare, quality yeah. gag about the, you're, yeah. you're about the, about various body parts, including the spleen. I love a good yeah. spleen joke. Oh yes. Uh, we've got this kind of two part chase where running away from the explosion, Batman is chasing the phantasm across the rooftops and then the police show up and are chasing Batman across the rooftops uh, to where Batman is cornered in a construction site. And we see Harvey Bullock and the uh, kind of trigger happy uh, SWAT team is really out to kill Batman at this point. And there's there's kind of a nice thing where Batman uses his cowl as a distraction. He puts his cowl like on a sawhorse and fires it at a, a helicopter. And which then means he's running around without a mask on, which feels like dangerous, dangerous and jarring. And but thankfully, uh, Andrea pulls up in a convertible and takes him away. Because apparently there was TV crews filming the entire thing, which we didn't see. But I did really. I, I thought it was a little crazy the way in which the cowl we didn't really see that pop off. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was cool, and I let. But I did like the danger of Batman not having his gear and i've never seen that he felt like i thought that was a more vulnerable batman than like we usually yes. see oh, in yeah. batman the animated series where he is just he is an unstoppable punching machine and you get the feeling that like these cops there's a lot of them and they're being very lethal and batman doesn't want to kill or hurt a cop and then like when he's got his mask off that's that's you know that's He's That's on not the good. verge of being caught, right? Yes. Like that is right. Like it's all gonna fall apart. Really, it really sells it really sells it. And so, like Bruce, we don't really question why Andrea shows up there because we're so amped up from yeah. him, like, oh, he's gonna get caught. It's like, oh, salvation, I need to get away. And so, of course, it makes sense in retrospect that she's since she's the phantasm, she knows that he's already on the run. Mm-hmm. So she can more easily find him, which is much better than that TV crew story, which I said makes no sense. Yes, and and I I would like I'd like to think that uh, he learned from this experience and always carried a spare cowl in his utility belt ever after. This would be a good idea. Um, I'm yeah. surprised he wasn't already. Yeah, but he's still learning. He's still uh, learning. So back at Wayne Manor, Andrea and Bruce kind of reconnect. Uh, she sells oh, him yes, on the story. Do that her father is the phantasm killing off gangsters who wanted him dead, which feels a little thin. And I was like, really world's greatest detective is going to fall for that. But okay. You're maybe you're not all right in the head right now. She sounds like Dana Delaney. (laughs) That's That's what it is. That's your answer to everything, David. And you're not wrong, but but that is your answer to everything. (laughs) But But it might not work in this case. I I buy him being, being clouded by that and we have the repeat of the the gag where alfred walks in on them and then flips around (laughs) and walks back out um so yep also batman uh gets lucky here which is canonically not something (laughs) that generally happens yeah 
the Joker shows up at Councilman Reeves' office to let him know that he knows what's going on. Didn't totally understand what this scene was supposed to be getting us toward, uh, but the Councilman ends up poisoned by the end of it. Um, that is and, a creepy scene when he yes. is laughing hysterically, as most of the things with Joker are, but it works extra well here. Yes. I mean, I for me, one of my favorite Joker episodes is the Joker fish episode, where people mm. are getting poisoned by Joker fish and they get the horrible Joker smile. Uh, and this was, I think, particularly disturbing where it's like, usually it would, we'd get the like before and after, like somebody's like in a coma with a creepy smile. But we have the whole like, no, Reeves is like descent into madness in the hospital. Um, and and it's a beautiful fade from Hamill laughing into the next scene. Yeah. And you realize the, it doesn't sound like there's been a shift, but it is suddenly Hart Bachner laughing. Yeah. And, you're, and you're like, oh, oh. And so Batman shows up at the hospital to interrogate people, as he likes to do. Uh, <laughs> and he basically gets from Reeves before Reeves totally co- collapses that uh, Reeves sold out the, the Beaumont family uh, for money. Uh, fantastic he, scene because he needs money for his uh political ambitions um yeah because what now let me just make sure uh you know i'm not a smart guy mm-hmm. but he was the young guy in the flashbacks that was working with yes her yes. Father. yes yes, Nerdy yes. Accountant okay guy or something. there were yeah he has glasses then hair a little different mm-hmm. a little geekier and he a only gets, nerdier. he gets called arthur in that so they they tie that's that that's right okay mm-hmm. yeah so we're cinching up that plot line. Yes. Yes. At this point, I believe Andrea Beaumont has a flashback. So like, this is like the third flashback and the second character who gets a flashback um, where she's flashing back to the Joker, killing her father uh, because her, the Joker was basically sent to wherever they well, were. Right. And we're hiding. Well, hang on, them. hang on, hang on. You, you, you've skipped over the Joker attempting to kill Andrea. Yes. Uh, he, he calls her apartment while Batman is in her apartment. Also not creepy at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And he picks up the phone but doesn't answer. And the Joker just assumes it's hers. Who goes, ah, you're going to, I'm going to kill you, by the way. And here comes a a little drone from the future with a bomb. And Batman manages to to protect himself just at the last second as the bomb explodes. And uh, here's the Joker laughing maniacally on the phone. And, you know, I think my party has been disconnected. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. And then we cut to Andrea standing on the edge of the the ruins of the World's Fair yes. and having her flashback. So Andrea has her flashback where we establish that the, the, the Joker in his former life as Hitman uh, is responsible for her father's death. Uh, does not kill her for whatever reason. Uh, I guess he had very specific instructions. Yeah. Also, the movie doesn't work if she's dead. Also, <laughs> yeah. The interesting, uh, interesting point here too, which is every time the phantasm confronts one of the mobsters, they, you know, does the spooky like Ghost of Christmas Past name? Oh, you are so and so. I'm here your for angel revenge. Of death awaits. Yeah, your angel of death awaits. You have failed this city. Uh, but he, <laughs> when the phantasm confronts Joker, it's Joker. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so she knew he was the Joker, or like that he that guy became the Joker, but also had no idea what his name was. <laughs> yeah. Meh. I just find it amusing. It's like yes. we're gonna give you a Joker backstory, <laughs> but not really because we're not gonna tell you that he had a name before that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do we ever get any clues on what the Phantasm's uh, steam or nope. uh, smoke nope. weapon is? Useful. Nope. nope. Okay. It's advantageous. Sure. Yes. Advantageum head cannon. She's got like because she's got blade arm and then glove that shoots smoke. 
And I will suggest maybe that smoke has like a hallucinogenic effect, and that's why some of the things that the phantasm can't hit it. Yeah, it's a theatrical fog machine. Yeah, that never makes sense. Why they couldn't like? It's supposed to be much more ghostly, I think, and the people shoot at it, and it doesn't do anything. And yeah, but what? Because she sprays it at Joker's face, and it seems to attach pretty heavily Mm -hmm. uh, in their in their little final confrontation. So we basically at this point, Batman, uh, the Joker. And Andrea Beaumont, who we now, you know, in, in case we were not sure, reveals herself to be the Phantasm, have a giant set piece fight at the World's Fair. Uh, and there's there's explosions and there's there's jetpacks and there's Batman and the Joker punching each other in a scale model of Gotham. I think that was my it's favorite a kaiju part. fight. I <laughs> yes. love it. It's, that was great. It's, it's a nice a nice homage to Dick Sprang. Yes, he loves giant the, props. The Joker um, with his head inside, inside the Chrysler building. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he punches Batman with it. I, I enjoyed that part. Um, uh, I just do want to say, and you all have seen the picture because I sent it to you, that Joker does knock Andy down with a big uh, thing of baloney. Yes. They have yes. the great scene where they're struggling, and it looks like he's going to grab a knife, and he instead yes. grabs yes. a giant salami. <laughs> I also like the uh, as they're struggling through the giant the city where there are giants and the model of the city that there is a Warner Brothers logo on yes. some of the buildings. Yes. For for several seconds, it's not subtle at all. Yeah. It's like Dude. right in the center of the screen. Yeah. And apparently, again, Joker's role in this movie is kind of doesn't make any sense. Like he is you 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 all have described him as just an agent of chaos and that's 100% what he is because he's in his hideout, which is totally set up with explosives in case he is ever attacked by the Phantasm and Batman at the same time. Uh, he kills yes, several people for reasons that are not totally clear other than that like he doesn't like being uh, approached by people at his home. It's a strict no solicitors policy, you know? Mm-hmm. You show up at my house, I will kill you with Joker gas and he's, leave you in... He's the J.D. Salinger of supervillains. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, the ending is a little weak for me in terms of, I mean, yes. I'm not as impressed by the giant set piece of, of explosions and, and whatnot. It also, there's it seems like there is a lengthy timer from when uh, the Joker <laughs> sets things off and they're like, and he, he's trying to get away. And then Batman is like, you know, Andrea, you need to run away. And it's like, could, I feel like I feel like everybody could have run away at this yeah, point. So there's two there's two major problems with the ending the way I see it. Mm-hmm. One uh andrea takes the joker and disappears and we later see an epilogue where she's on a boat by herself so either she let the joker go after swearing vengeance on all the people who hurt her father including he's the one who killed her father and he let her go or she killed him which doesn't make sense at all because he comes, obviously he comes he's, back. he's never dead yeah. or i guess he escaped yeah. but it's they off. both escaped they both escaped big yeah. boom it's, they go off in different but directions how? but she takes yeah i don't know and and the more to the point my other one i don't know if it's a complaint exactly so much as a comment about the uh the only reason that batman escapes is sheer luck <laughs> That he falls what? into a sewer system. He falls into a sewer where there are no explosives and then just like takes a water ride to the end and gets out. And he's a little bruised and beaten yeah. up, but he, like he does nothing to get out. Yeah, because he ends up in the Batcave. It seems like he just like, you know, <laughs> rode a log all the way down. <laughs> the the other thing that bugs me about the ending is that um, Batman finds out that the that this guy was the Joker. He never actually 
as far as I can tell, finds out that the Joker was the one who killed Andrea's family and ruined everything for him. Mm. Um, but so all of a sudden we get into Batman seeking revenge against the Joker for something. And Andrea Beaumont ca- uh, calling him out for being lost to revenge, just as lost as he is, all this sort of stuff. The, Suddenly, Batman just going so nuts after the Joker when up to this point he was more concerned about Andre and his own internal stuff going on there. That just doesn't work for me. That's, again, a little bit of Burton, you know, you made me, I made you first stuff. Yeah, well, I feel like there's a there's some corroboration between the, like, I mean, Batman is, he's about justice, but it is also just kind of all generic revenge for his parents getting killed. So I can kind of understand the idea that there's, these are two characters who are both affected by terrible tragedy and take slightly different, if kind of parallel, routes towards yes. dealing with it. And like like Alfred says at the end, like you and we mentioned earlier, you could have fallen to the dark side uh, and and just made vengeance like your entire reason for being, but you didn't, and she did. Did, did this not feel like this was the first time Batman ever met the Joker, or did I I somehow miss something? It just felt like it was like, mm, who are you? A, you know, like this new no. villain. Because you've even got that line where Joker says, "Oh, have I finally dri- yes. driven Guano Man crazy?" So, yeah, yeah, he's he's well aware. Hello, of, Joker. Of gotcha. Okay, but but like I said, it could still be earlier than the series right yeah it's extremely unclear. it's it's unclear yeah and it, yeah. i mean maybe the I, I think the stuff with the police being so antagonistic toward him kind of lines up with that um but it is yeah it, the joker and batman's relationship there's not like that's not really kind of depicted in any way here right like the joker is not outraged that he has shown up at his his place the joker is not there is a bat signal. That's a yeah. that's a key point right there. Yes. Um, it, so, yeah, the, the, it's I mean, again, it's very short. There's only to- so much time for so many things. But um, yeah, it, especially given how brutal their fight is. Right. And and some of that, I guess, is just the nature of what they could get away with the, with the movie is that the fight between the two of them is very physically brutal. And, and there's blood and the, the there's the Joker gets a, t- a tooth knocked out, um, which if this is kind of early in their antagonistic relationship kind of feels uh, it doesn't totally land in the way as if they had been fighting each other for years and years and years. Um, so well, it, li- it lines up with Jared Leto's uh, Joker with the uh, gold tooth. <laughs> Nothing oh, lines no, up with that. No thank you. <laughs> we, uh, we can at least all agree that of the greatest travesties in this entire movie, the biggest is the very 90s song that plays over the end credits. I, I, didn't, I, did not, I did not listen to it all the way through. I couldn't. I got, oh. I got to the point where they started having lyrics. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. Tia Carrera, ladies and gentlemen. Is that Tia Carrera? Oh, my gosh. Are you oh my kidding? God. I am not Wayne's kidding. World? Wow. So, so I'm sitting there tonight re-watching it with, with the 12-year-old, and he's like, whoa, is this Batman? Yes, this is Batman. Um, Should have been obvious. But then, you know, we were watching. What kind of kids are you raising there, David? I is know. this Batman? Um, well, you know, he kind of, he came in after it started, so it's just like it's a cartoon, and oh, there's Batman. Is this a Batman thing? Yeah, it is. Um, but then, you know, we're watching to the end. And he's like, oh, there's the voice credits. He loves seeing who did what. 
and then and then the the lyrics start and he just went nope and walked out of the room like that's my boy that's my boy you got the touch <laughs> oh no 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 uh well sorry mo save that for the the members only feel feed mo sings the greatest hits <laughs> okay so. gotcha all right uh well i think we've covered the plot are there other things we need to say about the ending or this movie in general um, you know, I, I think it's solid. I think it holds up relatively well. Um, the other Batman animated movies that I have seen since are perhaps a little less ambitious, but perhaps somewhat more interesting to me in some ways. Um, the, I will say I just this week watched Mystery of the Batwoman, which has a mystery in it, hence the title and the reveal of who Batwoman and, is. And uh, the Batwoman. Is, uh, is a lot more interesting to me than, like, I, I the identity of the Phantasm I mean, I, I guess it's hard because I, I saw this as a kid and I remembered who they, but I had a hard time not making the assumption right away. I felt like they did not really do anything to keep that a, a credible mystery in this. The closest is that it's her dad, but you very quickly yeah. He doesn't think, appear enough that like that. Not only that, but right. The, right. the scene where the phantasm is running away from Batman on the rooftops right before the police chase, like he's going about 20 miles an hour running and you're like... <laughs> Yeah. There's no way that this guy is in his, you know, 60s or 70s. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, that part of the mystery does not work for me, I guess. If they had tacked on another 30 minutes, wow, what could have been? Yeah. Oh, they could have done so much more. And, and if, they had, if they had taken more than eight months from start to finish to make the thing. That is, that yeah. is, I guess that is, that is impressive what you can do. It, do can I just ask? Uh, let me ask from anybody who saw this when it first came out, because I kind of remember this being a thing, but I, I can't, I have nothing to point to other than just a vague recollection. I feel like it was a big deal at the time that the villain was a woman. I kind yes. of remember this coming up that it was like, I don't know, just that it was, this was unusual. Right? I think half, half of their surprise kind of counts on the fact that you don't assume that, Right. You know, because of the, the vagaries of the time that you're like, oh, it's clearly not her because she's the love interest, not the villain. Yeah. And that's unusual. I mean, there are female villains in the Batman canon. There are very prominent ones. But at the time, I feel like in a film, it was not something that was being done. And so it was kind of, I don't know, a groundbreaking might be too star, but I felt like it pushed the envelope a little bit. I think you're I just right got to say. Her her impression of Stacy Keach is amazing. <laughs> but like, like I said, I love this version of his origin. I and I I do think it could have been done better with a little more time, both time for the story and time to work on the story. Mm -hmm. uh, I you know the last third of the movie I can just kind of ignore. Uh, I can I can get that as a synopsis that oh this is what happened. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it bothers me that there's no real closure. It bothers me that there's no explanation to how they, they all escaped. Mm -hmm. We just get to see Batman. It doesn't, it doesn't stick the landing, yeah. but I love everything about the origin part of it. And I love their relationship and I love the, the balance of, you know, we both, we both wound up having the same idea and the same path and we just took slightly different roads. Yeah. I think it does stick the landing in one very important way, and that is the conversation between Bruce and Alfred in the cave. Mm -hmm. That is mm -hmm. that is uh, powerful. That is uh, that is the thing that separates 
the uh, Kevin Conroy Batman from the uh, Ben Affleck Batman v Sur- Superman Batman. You know, um, this is this is the hero that we've wanted. Between that yes. and the origin stuff, I still, even though I, I I think we've been sort of dissecting the hell out of this and. It's sort of declined a little bit in my estimation as we've gone through it and as I've sort of recently rewatched it. There's still so much valuable stuff here. Um, and even the even the fact that the Joker stuff doesn't work, it it suddenly turns the movie very kinetic and very fun to watch. Yes. I mean, I will say I think this movie tries to do something that's very different from the kind of flow of the episodes uh, that to really set it apart, whereas the other – Batman animated series movies feel much more like just an episode that happens to be long. Like, I think they really tried to do some very different stuff with this. It's just I, not all of it kind of fits together perfectly. Um, so it, it and, is. And if you and if you want closure for the phantasm, yeah. it's not really closure. But go to Justice League Unlimited because Justice, the episode epilogue, she appears briefly and in a in a uh, I don't think specifically named, but in a way that connects her even further to the uh the the Batman uh mythos in terms of yep. other character origins. Uh so yeah. That was an interesting closing of a loop there uh, that they chose to do. <laughs> so I won't say anything about that for people who haven't seen that episode or probably should watch all of Batman Beyond first, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch several several dozen episodes and then get back to me, people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm down. Between uh between the, the four Batman movies, uh, we've got this, we've got Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero, uh, we've got Mystery of the Batwoman, oh, I could have sworn that there was one more. There's the Batman, yeah. B- Batman Beyond. Batman uh, And Batman Beyond uh, Return, Return of, the, of the, Joker. the Joker. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think this is a solid number two. Which, which, is, pr- which one's your Whoa. first, Chip? I, pr- I, I prefer Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. That one is 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 pretty good. It's pretty disturbing. I know there's also there's multiple cuts of that out there with with and without disturbing imagery. But perhaps we'll yeah. get there in Batman University eventually. That uh, we'll need to make sure that no kids watch that one. So I yeah. I can was that the, the CG Batman? Nope. The future Batman? It's not CG, but um, it is. The, it does feature the future Batman. There's probably some okay. CG stuff in it with backgrounds and things like that, but it's still. Uh, standard animation stuff. Um, I I can say that I appreciate Return of the Joker, and I I appreciate some of the writing of it, and I just did not like it. I did not like where they went with the story. I did not like the Joker in that. Um, I own it, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, it's it's a thing. It's a thing, and and they they were ambitious and. I and maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just that I did not like it. But um I and and I would say, you know, it is still one of the better of the four. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think this is the best of the four either. I don't know. I, I it's been a while since I saw Sub Zero, but I always I have a soft spot for Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I, I like Sub Zero a lot, but it's uh I think I, I I I'm not I can't be objective about uh about Mr. Freeze. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I just I think he's, the depiction of him in in the Batman animated series world is just is is really interesting. Oh, uh, I and love so him. To do I to do more with him that. is just I'm eager to see that. So and like you know in some ways that's a much safer movie, right? It's like let's yes. do what could have been a three 
three part uh, episode uh, chain about things going really bad for Mr. Freeze and make that as an animated movie. Th- this kind of tried tried for loftier ambitions. So yes, well, I think we've we really kind of cut this apart in a lot of different pieces. You know, and there there are things that we didn't like about it, but I think it seems like on the whole, uh, pretty positive impressions of it, and and a thing that people would recommend to people who are watching uh, Batman the Animated Series as part of their participation in Batman University. I think it's time to uh, to say goodbye to our students who will hopefully uh, matriculate to bigger and better things. Uh, we'll do it in reverse alphabetical order this time. How about that? Let's see if I can do this. Uh, Chip Sutter, thank you for being here at Batman University. Thank you, Professor. Philip Mozilek, uh thank you for being you. Do I do I get a pass fail on this one you, because of the others or gentleman C for you, Moes. So nice. Thanks. Appreciate it. Dan Morin, your second appearance at Batman University this semester. That's a an attendance record by our, our low standards. <laughs> well, you're wrong. <laughs> Drives away angrily. And uh David J. Lore, uh president of the Batman University Dana Delaney fan club. Uh thank you. Thank you for being here. Some days you just can't get rid of a bachelor's degree. <laughs> I get it. Bachelor's degree. Oh. Yeah. Ah, thank Go- you. Goodbye, nerds. <laughs> but come on, Dana Delaney. Well, nerds, that's nine episodes, one more than the eight I promised for this little summer project. Uh, Thanks so much to Jason Snow for providing a home for Batman University on the TV podcast. Uh, If you are interested in supporting the TV podcast or other work at The Incomparable, you can always uh, sign up to be a member and pay some dues and get access to the uh, Incomparable member Slack where you can hang out with me. Uh, If you like my work, uh, I also do the, uh, the Flash Flashcast, and I run a lot of games or play in games on Total Party Kill. And you see me on lots of other incomparable related podcasts. Uh, there are a few Batman University super fans out there uh, who've asked about doing something nice for me directly. And here's what you can do with my equivalent of uh, my tip cup. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for, uh, uh, you know, this was an expensive year with uh, for people who like Batman and people who like Legos. So I'll give you a link to my Amazon wish list if you feel like buying me a Batman Lego minifig. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, nothing more than that is needed. Uh, I do this for fun, so I appreciate people's support. If you've got any feedback about the podcast, uh, feel free to tweet at me, or if you're on the member Slack, you can let me know there. Uh, but this is it for the summer. I uh, Hopefully I'll be back next summer with Season 3 of this podcast. Take care, nerds. Goodbye.